Yeah, I'm rolling. I have to be in the right mood to do this. A child asked his father... We didn't start the show yet. How were people born? So his father said, Adam and Eve made babies, then their babies became adults and made babies, and so on. The child then went to his mother, asked her the same question. She told him, we were monkeys, and we had evolved to become like we are today. The child ran back to his father and said, you lied to me. His father said, no, your mom was talking about her side of the family. <laughs> I got an email today said, hell with the scan bucket. Donate money so get Kenny a fish house and get him the hell out of here. <laughs> I'd be oh, wow. D- I'd be down with that. That'd be awesome. This is Garage Logic. Pu- nope. Nope. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you, you Garage Logic Podcast number 205, August 7th, 2019. Where is the summer going? Ninety-eight degrees on this day in two thousand one, when the kids were splashing about merrily and cheerfully on a beach free of weeds because the parents used aquaside. And forty-five degrees on this day in nineteen seventy-two. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on production. Chris Reavers, director of social media. John Hyde in the newsroom. And occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. Uh, dear mayor, I, I think it's time I request a ruling on my daughter's name. My wife and I were on the way to the St. Croix River Saturday morning, and she was telling me about her previous day's work as an ER nurse in the Metro. She told me she had uh, come across two young sisters named Liv and Love. I uh, initially responded, that's Fog Hornable. She looked back with a questioning eye, so I spent the next five minutes explaining a Fog Hornable name and why Love, spelled L-E-A-U-V-E, qualified. Her next question was, well, what about our daughter? Uh, this is something I've been pondering for months, and now, Mr. Mayor, I come to you for a ruling on my six-month-old daughter, Delta. She's a lifelong GLer, getting her daily dose of the podcast on our trips to and from daycare, and I'm looking forward to bringing Delta to her first live show at the fair. Congratulations on 200, and good luck, Parker. Yeah, well, Parker, here you go. Parker. Oh, you're so wrong. Oh, Delta, you said. Delta. Delta. John, go ahead. Delta Dawn, what's that flower you have on? Have you something painted fell from yesterday? Yeah, something like that. Right around in style, gonna drive yeah, everybody wild. I don't know the words either, can you? <laughs> but I thought Delta, Delta Reese? Della Reese. Della Della Reese, yeah, not Delta. Wow. What a dummy. What a well, what, mom's name was Parker, wasn't it? Or was Dad? Dad. Dad's, Dad's was Parker. Sorry, Parker. You, hey. what, Delta, what is she, an airline? Come see us at the fair anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. I know you've stated in the past that no whale is going to die on your watch or something to that effect regarding your recycling of plastic bags. I made a run last night. I believe you've also discussed in the past that it's likely the rest of the world is causing most of the ocean pollution, not the U.S. I want to direct your attention to an article in the July 6-7 edition of the Wall Street Journal, which contained an article covering India's pollution woes. 
It stated uh, of the plastic found in the world's oceans, 90% is traced to 10 rivers, according to a 2017 study published in the journal Environmental Science and Technology. Eight of the rivers are in Asia and two flow through India. Keep pushing back and good luck, Gary Liebman. I'm still I'm still taking my bags in now because I'm so hooked on doing it. I just can't stop. I bring mine in and give to you. That's fine. Okay, I have a treat for us. Delta is a uh, woman's name of Greek origin. Yeah, not in my book. Get <laughs> the hell out of here. You're running an airline? <laughs> Yesterday we uh, stumbled, uh, just as 25 million Americans did, uh, strum- uh, stumbled across something that was posted on a Twitter account showing a, uh, a 96-year-old fellow in the courtroom of a judge, uh, and apparently the fellow had uh, received a ticket for, for speeding in a school zone. And as he began to tell his story to the judge, it became one of the most charming and heartwarming stories that we, we could have asked for, particularly given the, given the time we live in. And I, I got, I couldn't let it go. I needed to know more because everyone of us was wondering, well, who in the hell gave the 96-year-old a ticket? Yeah, that was the big question on okay. Twitter, too. So I looked it up. The, uh, the old-timer's name is Victor Coelho. Uh, and the judge he's appearing before is Frank, Frank Caprio. And this is in Providence, Rhode Island, Municipal Court. And uh, even though the articles, I found that I went to every article about this, and I couldn't find why he got a ticket. You remember, he's telling the judge, I don't drive that fast, judge, and I only mm-hmm. drive when I need to. Mm-hmm. And then the judge begins questioning him. We're going to replay it for you here in a moment. Uh, but no, nothing told me why or what speed he was going. Well, I couldn't put it away. I, so I called the law office of, of Frank Caprio. Uh, and then additional research led me to discover that these that Caprio has had a television show, uh, Caught in Providence, in which cameras are in his courtroom and uh, showing occasionally these kinds of episodes, whether they be harsh or not harsh. Which this is case why was. we had such great quality video, because he was set up for a television show. Right, but it's all done cold. It's no script. Okay. The camera just runs... And then it, if they, if if the Caprios like it, he's uh, his uh, son David, who is seen in the video, sitting to the right, and the judge refers to his son and tells uh, uh, Mr. Coelho, my kid's over there telling me that when I'm in my 90s, I'm going to be driving him around, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I call, I got, I got a hold of the kid, David Caprio, and he's going to be joining us here shortly to set this up even further. I also learned how he got the ticket. Uh, The school zones are equipped with traffic cameras. And school zone speed limits drop to 20 miles an hour. Right. From the Providence streets of 30 miles an hour or 25 miles an hour, whatever the case may be. And at 31 miles an hour, the camera clicks you and you get a citation. And that's all we could establish because the ticket as issued from the camera, doesn't give you the speed, doesn't give you the transgression. It just captures you over 30 miles an hour. 
So Victor could very well have been doing 30.5 or 31 or maybe 40. Or 110. Or 110, (laughs) which seems terribly unlikely. Well, that doesn't make sense, that it would capture you but not record the speed. Well, we'll ask the attorney about that. David's also an attorney. All right. And uh, uh, I want to play it for you again so you have a better uh, context when we talk to uh, Frank Caprio's son, David, uh, and he'll tell us more how they go about this in their courtroom. But here's what we played yesterday, and I think it's over 30 million hits now. 32.3. 32.3 million views of this. I know many, many GLers enjoyed it, found it terribly heartwarming. And uh, here's what happened when a 96-year-old man entered the courtroom of Frank Caprio in Providence, Rhode Island. Thank you. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Judge. Mr. Coelho, you are charged with a school zone violation. Beg pardon? You are charged with a school zone violation, which means that you were exceeding the speed limit in a school zone. I don't drive that fast, Judge. I'm 96 years old, and I drive slowly, and I only drive when I have to. I was going to the blood work for my boy. He's handicapped. You were taking your son to the doctor's office? Yeah. I take him for blood work Mm -hmm. every two weeks because he's got cancer. You are a good man. You are a good man. You you, you really are what America is all about. Here you are in your 90s, and you're still taking care of your family. That's just a... Wonderful thing for you. Well, how old is your son? 63. Yeah. And he's still, daddy's still taking care of him, right? (laughs) I only drive when I have to. Yeah. You see that young man over there? That's my son. Now, he's looking at me saying, Dad, when you're in your 90s, you're going to be driving me around. <laughs> you're setting a bad example for my kid. No. You're, put, you're putting a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> Listen, sir, I wish you all the best. I wish the best for your son, and I wish you good health, and your case is dismissed. Good luck to you, and God bless you. Thank you. So the kid he's referring to is David Caprio, and he'll be he'll be joining us. To you can, so, a we proved this wasn't a bit. This this actually happened. I, I needed to verify that. And uh, apparently, in this courtroom, this <coughs> municipal courtroom in uh, Providence, <coughs> much of what takes place there is uh, captured on film. And apparently, they have some means of releasing it as a television show. And he can explain that to us. Uh, but David has wonderful thoughts on uh, the the grit of this 96-year-old Victor Coela. Uh, he, he could just as easily have mailed in a check for 50 bucks. Probably didn't have it. Well, that was my su- suspicion, and, the, and David uh, agreed with me. Uh, he said that's a day's work for a 96-year-old to get up, drive to municipal court, and be in the courtroom at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. to plead his case when he could have gone to a ticket window and given him 50 bucks 
or mailed in the 50 bucks. And I said, well, I, maybe he didn't have the 50 bucks. And, and he said, yeah, he, he might not have. So uh, it's almost like the, uh, the old fella didn't see things, the tide turning his way. He was still, he still had that serious face on. He was still ready to plead his case. He, and I, I don't think he quite got it when the judge said, you're, you're setting a bad example. Yeah, yeah. He said, no, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Say, if you own a lake home or you have a pond on your property, you need to call my friends at Aquaside. Man, we've got a good stretch of swimming weather here. Aquaside has been helping people maintain Great Lake shores for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that'll take care of everything from weeds to algae. Aquaside products are easy to use and they begin working right away. Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR and their products are safe for you, the fish, the water, and your family. There is no need for you to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer call aquaside today they'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long and there's a lot of summer left you can call them at 1-800-328-9350 1-800-328-9350 or go to aquaside.com shipping is free and uh, they normally ship the same day of your telephone call <clears throat> all right uh we're going to take a break and when we come back, we'll have uh, David Caprio join us and explain just what does take place in that courtroom uh, in Providence. I'm going to ask him if his old man's a soft touch. Are, are you going to uh, clear your throat? Maybe I will a, during the break. Drink of water, maybe. <laughs> have a heater. Sage Yellers, DK Mags, for my money anyway, the best gun shop in town. No hyperbole and uh, bad experiences at other places is what drove me to and sold me on DKMags.com. Uh, the, the, the website, if you haven't heard of them or if you haven't been up to their shop in New Brighton, the website DKMags.com, a great place to start. You're going to find fair pricing on a huge selection of firearms and accessories. DK Mags, they've been around since 99. Uh, the reason for their success and longevity, no attitude, friendly service, and unbelievable knowledge. These guys know firearms. Uh, if you're just getting started or, you know, or maybe uh, your kid is involved in getting into trap shooting or whatever, uh, maybe you want another toy, you need a little gunsmithing. I've used them for gunsmithing. They're wonderful. Uh, holsters, ammo, it doesn't matter. You name it. DKMags.com in New Brighton. The best gun shop in town. As far as prices, yeah, they'll, they'll pretty much match any price in town. Be up, uh, Bring it up there, talk to them about it, and uh, I'm pretty sure they can match it for you. And you should go up to Monticello. Check out their other location, Monticello Pawn and Gun. Just another part of the DKMags.com uh, family. They're located right here in Gumption County, Monticello Pawn and Gun and DKMags.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. David? Yes, sir. How are you? We just talked earlier, and uh, you were kind enough to come on the air and help us understand uh, uh, that charming, charming brief video that about 33 million people have seen now of Victor Coela in front of your dad, Frank Caprio. How is it that th those videos are made available? Well, the vid they're not... Oh, those videos. The video of the uh, case is on court in Providence, and it's caught C-A-U-G-H-T. Right. A little play on words there. But uh, the show Caught in Providence airs nationally. It's a syndicated show, 
So it's on different markets in every, uh, you know, every city, every market, different stations in every market. And, you know, you can go to caughtinprovidence.com to find out your local listing. But okay. it also has a huge social media following, as uh, this video has proven. Uh, you know, we're, we're knocking on the door of 4 million followers on Facebook and uh, 4 billionth views. So wow. it's, um, it's really struck a chord around the world to show how courts can be fair, equitable, and compassionate, but still enforce the law. It's, it, it's really going crazy. Explain who you are in the video. Uh, when when Judge Caprio, who's my father, points and says, "See that guy over there? That's my son." <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> are you in practice with your dad? To get are you guys a firm? We are. Yes, we have a small family firm here in Providence, which my dad started when I was a youngster. And uh, both uh, there's a cousin, his wife, myself, my dad. And my uh, older brother are all attorneys in the firm. So if, if somebody calls and asks for Mr. Caprio, they need to explain it a little further. When I called, what I was wondering is, how in God's name did this 96-year-old fellow get a ticket? Uh, and you, uh, will you explain that for our listeners, too? I'd love to. In Providence of Rhode Island, they, due to some issues around school areas with um, some, some accidents and some almost tragic accidents, the city initiated a device that monitors the speed of cars as they go by school zones and um, authorized uh, the, the program to issue speeding tickets. So there was thousands of comments under Mr. Coelho's case where people were asking what kind of a police officer would ever give this man a ticket. Mm -hmm. Well, a police officer did not give this man a ticket. His, his vehicle was captured on one of the speed uh, mechanisms in a school zone. Mm -hmm. So th those tickets go out uh, without even knowing who's operating the vehicle. It, we just, they, just, they go out to the registered owner of the vehicle. So there was no interaction between Mr. Coelho and a police officer prior to getting this ticket. And, and, and the camera would, would, would capture what? Anything over 30 miles an hour? It's, it's not a camera. It's a, well, it, it, the camera does take a photo of the car. It's not a, a, a video camera. It's a, it takes a photo for identification. But the speed limit in the school zone is 25 miles, is 20 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. um, the normal speed limit outside the school zone is 25. Okay. So um, the speed uh, devices, um, the, the police department issue tickets for anybody going 30 miles an hour, 31 miles an hour or over. The speed limit's 20. You have to be going 31 or faster to get a ticket. So we conclude, uh, we can conclude that he, he must have been, but he also must have thought so much of his innocence that he uh, explained to what you thought about a 96-year-old guy getting himself down to the court. I mean, the fact that Mr. Coelho even showed up at court is, is astonishing because the type of violation he had, as with the type of almost every violation in my dad's court, what you have to understand is, what you're watching on Facebook or on television is not done in a TV studio. Right. The, my dad allows cameras to go in and film his actual courtroom. So when he arrives to court in the morning, he doesn't know who's out there. He doesn't know what they're going to say. They don't know even know which judge is there. The, the, the uh, litigants, there's three different judges in that court, so, and they rotate around. So there's no, there's no rehearsal or planning uh, in the filming of this caught in providence show what yeah, it's it all is, real time it's it's filmed in real time it's 100 percent unrehearsed and spontaneous so when you see somebody like mr coelho sitting in the courtroom at eight o'clock in the morning at nine 96 years old 
the fact that he found the energy and the and the gumption to get himself, you know, up in the morning that early, get ready for court, get in his car, drive into Providence, park the car, get out of the car, walk into the courtroom, sit there and wait for his turn, when that's all he had to do was send in a $50 check. Mm-hmm. And the case would have been, you know, resolved with that. Um, really speaks to the man's, uh, I think, his, his desire to to explain why he was, uh, you know, caught in this in this in the speed uh, zone. Victim um, of technology. He's a victim of. That's a great. You, that's a great. Where did I hear that? That's a great one, Joe. <laughs> but he, he was a victim of tech. Really, I mean, he was not a victim of technology, but I wouldn't say he was a victim. But technology really um, caught up with him. We'll say. I mean, think of the man, ninety-six years old, when he was a youngster. To who would think that that many years later there'd be some device? You know. There'd be some right. device that could do this, right? Right. But um, not to but, mention, he probably didn't have fifty dollars. To tell you the truth, and that is a common theme of people that appear before my father. Mm-hmm. Um, is that they they show up? Some people come in because they really have, you know, what my dad calls righteous indignation, which mm-hmm. means they believe they're right. They didn't do anything wrong. They're not going to pay. They're going to take the morning out of work to come fight their case. That happens. That happens quite a bit. But the majority of the people are there because simply they just can't afford it. You know, you get a ticket for $30. Um, if you don't pay it in so much time, it doubles and then it triples. So a $30 ticket turns into a $90 ticket. And that is just beyond uh, most people in this area's budget to be able to pay $90 to satisfy a parking ticket. So they take their chance. They come into court. They, you know, a lot of times they'll bring their children because, uh, especially this time of year, the kids are not in school. Um, they don't have uh, the means to have, um, you know, daycare or babysitters in the summer, so they bring their kids in, and they explain to whoever the judge is that day why they first why they got the ticket. And there's there's often some very interesting, you, you know, you, you you give people an opening to explain their story, and it sometimes it turns into areas that uh, become quite interesting and, and humorous, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's the allure of court in Providence is that you really see the real-life issues going on in, in the community here and that most people can relate to because it's things that happen to most Americans, you know, on a daily basis. Is your dad a soft touch or just a guy with a lot of common sense? He credits his parents uh, for his the way he acts on the bench. He, he was brought up the, parent, the child of Italian immigrants who moved into uh, the predominantly Italian area of Providence, Rhode Island, back in the early century. And they were hardworking, um, salt-of-the-earth people who never got anything for free, who worked hard for everything they had, raised a close family, and uh, stayed on the straight and narrow. And so when he sees the newer um, Americans coming through his courtroom, he really sees himself, you mm-hmm. know, people who are there, both parents and children, trying to make their life better for uh, themselves in this great country and trying to provide a better life for their kids than they had. And he really identifies with that more than most can because of the way he grew up. Well, it's fantastic. It came at a time when uh, most of the people in this country could have used that heartwarming three minutes. Well, it was fantastic. It's, it's flying around the country and the world thanks to social media. Yeah. And the response has been, and there's, you know, it's called another 96-year-old speeder. There was a gentleman who was on not too long ago, the original 96 or maybe it was a 94 year old speeder and that one 
up on Facebook is, is approaching 100 million views. It's equally <laughs> as charming and equally as, as interesting. And the guy just had a tremendous life story. He was a veteran, and he fought in Korea, and it's really fantastic. And, you know, you, you catch these real-life heroes and real-life characters coming through a court of law and a judge that has some compassion and a good sense of humor, and it's just great watching. Do we know anything about Victor? Do we know his past, or that didn't necessarily would not necessarily come up in a brief hearing like that? What you saw is everything we know about him. Okay. I mean, you know, my my father. A lot of people sometimes get into medical. Uh, you know, there's a there's a school zone. There's a um, a parking problem near our veterans hospital here in uh, Providence. They're doing some construction in that area, so. There's a lot of veterans that come through that are going to get medical treatment and, you know, end up getting parking tickets because of the, uh, the construction in the area. And um, some of them get into their medical issues, which he, he dissuades. You know, mm-hmm. he likes to talk about their military service. Mm-hmm. And it's very has a soft spot in his heart for all veterans. But, you know, once Mr. Coelho started uh, saying, you know, he was there because his son has some issues, you know, he doesn't pry into that, uh, right, into the right. medical part of it. But, you know... I don't even know how we would find. I would be surprised if Mr. Coelho was had a social media account. So we would have to try to track him down um, in the old-fashioned way right. if we wanted to find out. But well, I can caught- guarantee you this: Mr. Coelho, if he's if he's in the supermarket or whatever his normal routine is, if he has a local diner or someplace that he goes every day, many people are coming up to him every day right now and shaking his hand and saying uh, that they saw it and and were moved by his appearance because. Um, that's what happens with, when these cases go viral. Cotton Providence is available locally here on WFTC Channel 29 at, uh, what, noon and 12.30? 12 and 12.30. 12 and 12.30. David, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, and say hello to your dad for us. Will do, Joe. Great show. Thanks right, for having thank me. Thank you. Thank you. I want to hear it one more time. Just one more time. Now that we have the thank background. <clears throat> Good morning, sir. Good morning, Judge. Mr. Coelho, you are charged with a school zone violation. Beg pardon? You are charged with a school zone violation, which means that you were exceeding the speed limit in a school zone. I don't drive that fast, Judge. I'm 96 years old, and I drive slowly, and I only drive when I have to. I was going to the blood work for my boy. He's handicapped. You were taking your son to the doctor's office? Yeah. I take him for blood work Mm -hmm. every two weeks because he's got cancer. You are a good man. You are a good man. You you, you really are what America is all about. Here you are in your 90s, and you're still taking care of your family. That's just a... Wonderful thing for you. Well, how old is your son? 63. Yeah. And he's still, daddy's still taking care of him, right? (laughs) I only drive when I have to. You see that young man over there? That's my son. Now, he's looking at me saying, Dad, when you're in your 90s, you're going to be driving me around. <laughs> you're setting a bad example for my kid. No. You're, put, you're putting a lot of pressure on me. 
Listen, sir, I wish you all the best. I wish the best for your son, and I wish you good health, and your case is dismissed. Good luck to you, and God bless you. Thank you. Well, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. You can catch Caught in Providence, Reavers just tells me. WFTC Channel 29, every day at noon and 1230. I, didn't huh. even re- I mean, we have it on here once in a while. I didn't even realize that was uh, available locally. That was, that was our, that's that's cool. our guys. That's our guys. Say, is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than your wife's? And if it is, you're in big, big trouble. <laughs> you better start thinking about upgrading the diamond so the next time you show up at a family event, your wife isn't hiding her hand behind the jello roll. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Molars, Molar Jewelers has been helping guys solve problems like this for 67 years. They'll take her original diamond in on trade and provide you with a diamond that will impress her every time she looks at it. Uh, I know a lot of guys who said, if I knew this would have meant so much, I would have done it a long time ago. Moeller's staff of registered jewelers, certified gemologists, and certified gemologist appraisers are qualified to show you the difference between their diamonds and the diamonds that other jewelers sell. Just from hanging around Moeller, I know a lot about diamonds. Clarity, cut, the whole deal. It's a, and if it's price you're worried about, let me put your mind to rest. Moeller has never lost a sale because of price. And if you don't believe me, go online and look at their reviews. RF Moeller Jeweler, three locations, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or a great, great website at rfmoeller.com. We'll be back in just a moment. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Motorcycle backfire causes panic in Times Square, sending shooting-weary New Yorkers and tourists running for cover. 20 injured. A backfiring motorcycle caused a brief panic in Times Square Tuesday night, meaning last night, as tourists and New Yorkers alike ran for their lives thinking someone was firing a gun. Police received several 911 calls at about 9.45 p.m., and witnesses took to Twitter to describe people running in fear. In Times Square, there was a loud sound, uh, and everyone panicked, running uh, in mass, men yelling, get down, separated from my brother, but now fine. Freaky experience, one Twitter user wrote. The Times Square Earth Cam showed a bird's-eye view of the scene as hundreds of people cleared the street. Uh, Police tried to soothe the nerves of people who may still have been on edge after mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton. There is no active shooter in Times Square. Motorcycles backfiring while passing through sounded like gunshots. The NYPD's Midtown North Precinct tweeted at 10.09 a.m. We are receiving multiple 911 calls. Do not panic. Times Square area is very safe. That's what it's come to, though, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. I've never heard a motorcycle backfire unless it was just turned off. That's the only time I've ever heard a motorcycle backfire. And that's called, uh, what's that called? Uh, Running on? Something like that. No, run on. Run on. I I don't know what it's called, but that's the only time I've ever heard it. Well, But you watch the video. I know it's it, alarming. It, it really is, and you see the poor kids crying, and that, that's their that's their reality. Hail the flashlight king! Hail, hail you. you! Hail you! While browsing various websites on Tuesday, I came across an article in the Washington Post entitled "The Terrible Number That Grows with Each Mass Shooting." It attempted to quantify the number of victims killed in mass shootings going back to 1966, when a sniper firing from the clock tower at the University of Texas in Austin killed 17 people. 
The authors narrowly defined mass shootings as instances where four or more people were killed by a shooter in public spaces. The piece put the number at 1,196 victims. I also read a New York Post opinion piece that fellow UW-Eau Claire alumni Alyssa Algren responded to on Twitter. The front page of the Post that day had a headline reading, President Trump, America is scared and we need bold action. Joe, if America is scared, we're afraid of the wrong thing. Referring back to the Washington Post article, I'll save you and your cronies brain cells and do the math. 1,196 victims over a period of 53 years is roughly 23 people a year or one person every 16 days killed in mass shootings. I did a little research and found that during the similar period from January 1, 1967 to December 31, 2018, 2,254,558 people died in traffic accidents. Again, I'll save you the math. That's roughly 119 people every day. The number of traffic fatalities trended downward between 1967 and 2011, but has increased 14% since then. The World Health Organization lists the top five risks as excessive speed, driving under the influence, failure to wear seat belts or motorcycle helmets, distracted driving, poor road infrastructure. And it goes on and on and on, but I'm not finding that analogous. Uh, the car, the car is not manufactured as a as a tool of of killing. It sounds a lot like the uh, tweet that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson mm-hmm. is that his name? The, mm-hmm. the tweet that he sent out shortly after the, the well, it, uh, uh, John goes on to note. I'm I'm not. Uh, I don't mean to minimize the tragic nature of the events in El Paso or Dayton or any of the other cities that have been home to these mass shootings. What I'm trying to argue is that public Policy decisions need to be based on facts and research, not on emotional reactions brought on by headlines aimed at garnering the most clicks for a media website or sound bites from political candidates or celebrities bent on proving their own importance. I've been a law enforcement officer for nearly 35 years, and I couldn't agree with you more that there is evil in the world, and I've met some truly evil people. I don't have to agree that our current, I also have to agree that our current state of affairs has everything to do with the decline in moral values, the turning away from religion, and the incredible lack of respect for authority. As a teenager, I would never have thought of talking back to a police officer, and if I had my punishment, and if I had my punishment at home would have been far worse than anything the law could have done to me. I'm hoping to make it to the fair on August 22nd to see you and the crew and maybe pick up some GL merch. After a while, afterwards, I might swing up to Grunhofer's to pick up some rookie burgers. Good luck. Love the podcast even better than the radio show that I started listening to in the mid-90s. Pushing back in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, oh, only minutes right. from the coffee grounds. Fantastic. Thank you. But another reasoned, another reasoned email, and they keep, they keep coming in. Uh, uh, Chris, uh, Christopher writes, I was listening to yesterday's podcast. You guys touched on a lot of general points that I personally agreed with, and I enjoyed the reasonable discussion. The one thing I had trouble with was when you and Kenny were discussing uh, when guns were needed. The one thing I kept thinking was the Second Amendment is a right, not based on what is needed. I personally don't have a problem with the fully auto weapons being banned, but the discussion about what is needed is the slippery slope I fear the USA is going down. I don't want some faceless bureaucrat in the government telling me what I need to own or how much ammunition is needed. Amen. I keep reading these stories about guns and ammo being confiscated from these evil people in the disbelief that they had 400 rounds of ammunition. (laughs) To 
be completely honest, I don't have any idea how much ammunition I actually have in my possession, but I can guarantee it is more than 400 yeah, rounds. Of course. When you're yes. on a target range shooting, 400 rounds can go pretty quickly. Kenny probably has thousands of rounds. <laughs> anyway, the idea of regulation based on need can be extended to the First Amendment, where some faceless bureaucrat giving you what they felt you needed for you to exercise your free speech. Can you imagine someone telling you that you can't state your beliefs on Twitter or through an email to an editor? I know uh, I feel a hell of a lot more comfortable when, when my wife and I uh, both uh, carry uh, permit holders uh, or seeing someone open carry in the occasional quick sight of seeing a concealed carry here in Phoenix if I'm not the one carrying. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's yeah, comforted by someone yeah. else having a weapon. Yeah. I hope this makes some sense. It's an ugly situation with no easy answers, but you touched on many of the problems pushing back in Phoenix, Christopher Harkman, Phoenix, Arizona. Just for example, uh, duck hunting season about to uh, open here at the latter part of September. I always make sure I have 10 boxes of what I call duck loads. They're number four shot or higher, and 10 boxes of goose loads, BB shots, 25 per box. So I have about 500 rounds ready prior to waterfall season. Well, what uh, and, and, and that might sound like a shocking number to a lot, but the reason you do it is so you don't have to go back to the store. Right, but what we've learned about you is that you're apparently just a horrible, horrible marksman. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good with my deer rifle. You must be horrible. I'm pretty good with my deer rifle, and it usually only takes one, maybe two shots. Um yeah, my my wing shooting, yeah, I, I could use a lot more practice than I get in, you know. Mm-hmm. Joe, I'm a veteran, and my wife and <coughs> my wife and I both have concealed and carry permits, but what we use for protection at night is so simple that I think you should pass this on to your listeners. We keep our house well lit, and we also have a dog with a very loud bark, something else we have and I hope never have to use is a can of wasp spray oh, yes. on my nightstand. Absolutely. It has a range of 30 to 40 feet, and if someone tries to break into my home, they're going to get a nice spray in the face and a good kick in the swimsuit area. It's an inexpensive idea and might just help someone in an unfortunate situation. Steve in Lake Elmo, he's emailed us before, and I've read his previous and emails. Didn't our, uh, our black powder guy yesterday, didn't he recommend a dog? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. A dog or even a tape of a dog if you don't want to take care of a dog, you know. Back to Jay, who wrote about the black powder solution. All right. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Black powder blasphemer here again. I was a little taken aback at the email getting the the, uh, above the fold treatment on the podcast today, but I'm glad you found it interesting. Since I lack the ability to call in during the show in my own defense, I figure I'd fire off another one in anticipation of the roasting that I'm sure I'll get. Joe, you're skilled at boiling things down to their core content with Positive Thursday and the linking and whatnot. Here's a little prediction for you. The objections to my proposal that you'll get will all be able to be boiled down once you remove all the shall not be infringed noise to a core of I just don't want to use a black powder gun. Because the facts are that black powder guns work for everything a person would need to use a gun for, and that's not hypothetical, so the only reason not to use one is that it's harder. I'm really not on attack towards Kenny here. I happen to like him, but he's the, he's the person who says most of the things that I want to respond to on recent shows, and he did it again today. He said that the idea of restricting private gun ownership to black powder weapons is absurd, apparently just because it is. No real additional counter-information provided by Mr. Olson. 
Other than the objection that he can't duck hunt with one, which of course he can if he trains for it. Oh, I have geez. fired I have fired sporting clays uh, at Viking Valley near Ashby, a location I'm sure Kenny I is familiar with. I do know that with, one, yes, yes. With a uh, Petersoli side-by-side black powder 12-gauge, and oh. if you can break clay with one, you cool. can break a duck with one. You get two whole shots even. Well, I he just called me out on my ignorance. I had no idea that, that there were a side-by-side black powder uh, shotgun available. I don't personally hunt ducks because I don't like the way they taste, but it's not a huge leap of the imagination. Black powder weapons from rifles, rifles to pistols to shotguns have to be effective for hunting, Joe. Look outside the window at the fact that Minnesota exists. We seem to have settled the continent pretty thoroughly using them. No one had a Ruger Mini-14 or a Desert Eagle or a Barrett 50 back in the day. They had a smoked people, some powder, and a big bag of lead, and they put food right in the middle of the table with it for centuries. Where are all those old-timey toxic masculinity people who can't have things named after them anymore, just uh, that much more capable than we are now with all of our advancements? Nah, they weren't, but it's a convenient excuse for people who don't care to put out some effort. You are correct in saying that you thought my point was basically the same idea as removing the keys from a parked car. Make it harder for evil to have an opportunity. Firearm ownership would uh, ideally be much like having a driver's license, except even more stringent because out of the two th- uh, because out of the two things being licensed, only one was specifically made to kill. You must be of a certain age. You must train and test to get the license. The license will have your picture and current vitals listed on it. And I would follow the military protocol of requiring owners to qualify with their weapons regularly to demonstrate competency. It's required frequently in the armed forces, and I imagine in the police departments as well. It is. But allowing for the fact that civilians have other things to do than handle weapons every day, let's call it every three years, an individual-level version of the federal firearms license. The good guys with guns who want to stop the bad guys with guns will all qualify for this program, and they will have the benefit of a little regular motivation to maintain and improve their skills. Yeah, it'll be harder than it is now. Harder to buy a gun, harder to use the gun effectively, and harder to keep being able to hold it, uh, to own it over the long term. It should be hard. Some things, even today, even today, need to be hard to do. Guns are fun for target shooting, yes, but what are they ultimately for? Undeniably, is to kill things. That should be hard to do. All the things I'm proposing here are actually in the best traditions of American gun ownership and in line with the best traditions of responsible hunting. Buy a good weapon and maintain it carefully. Train with it to continually improve your skills. Train regularly to be able to take the shots you want to take, and don't take them if you can't make the shot. Treat animals with respect. Treat yourself with respect by maintaining yourself, your weapon, and your skills. Oh, I guess he writes so well and so long. I mean, just I'm not I'm not taking anything away. Uh, we're not uh, developing well in this regard. People who want to own and use weapons should be disciplined people who are serious about what they're doing. My proposed idea, from the governance of it to the configuration, the tools used will take the, it's the best idea my scan bucket brain pan can offer. <laughs> Let's just see if anyone will counter with an actual tangible and tactical reason why they can't use a black powder gun when they need to use a gun. As I said above, everything I'm expecting will be at least at the core. I don't want to. I personally don't feel that it cuts the mustard any longer. Good luck and keep your powder dry, Jay. Well, I've already got a number of emails disputing the... uh, I love Jay. (laughs) He's a great thinker. He is. Uh, is. I've already got a number of people writing, well, good luck with your black powder gun when you're being fired at. Just a minute. Just a minute. i got to stop and reload. And, and, (laughs) And the one I received, multiple assailants. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so so if there's more than one bad guy, 
but he's pretty smart, and I, I really enjoy hearing his opinions, even though he's slamming me. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's no, not. Yeah. He's not. He, he said he actually likes you, which well, surprised that, us. That makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he, yeah. It's a conundrum wrapped inside a Pandora's box, wrapped inside a mystery, wrapped inside a conundrum. It is, but this is the kind of discussion we need. Mm-hmm. Sane, calm, and discussing the facts and possibilities. A lot like you'll find on Twitter. Yeah, the, the opposite of Twitter is what we need. I've never heard of a, of a motorcycle dealership or a scooter dealership or an electric bike dealership having a back-to-school sale. But EcoFun is having the largest back-to-school sale ever that's, on all the scooters oh, bet, and e-bikes. That's brilliant. Kids, that's, kids in college. Well, I guarantee. Let me tell you something. EcoFun, downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61, EcoFun sells the full line of scooters, Lance and SYM, which is the best affordable scooter on the market. Two-year full warranty, free delivery for the downtown area for you awesome GL listeners. These scooters have both vintage styles, but they are more sporty, too. The product is perfect for high school or college kids who need something to scoot around campus or get to sports. They don't have to drive those little barn rats everywhere. The legal age, requ- <laughs> the le- the legal age requirement for 49cc scooters is 15 years old to mm-hmm. my age, 97 years old. He's kidding. He's not 97. <laughs> it is perfect to ride around town to work, classes, or sports. If your child or grandkid is 15 years old or they can ride a scooter and enjoy the free parking available for scooters all over. 120 miles a gallon? Are you kidding me? That's more economical than the stupid train. But listen to this. A Race Star 49cc, one-year warranty, six colors are available, twelve ninety-nine. Are you kidding me? That's less expensive than my Bentelli e-bike. Uh, a Cabo 50, $18.99. Uh, Havana Classic 50, looks like a Vespa, $19.99. And a Soho 50, $19.99. What Tim Bloom is talking about, is, and he told me this, on a lot of his uh, runs into town, he's always picking up scooters, uh, doing what has to be done to them, and bringing them back to the kids who own them. Uh, it's it just incredible. There's hunting season coming up. That's in the back-to-school offer, too. You might need a good outdoor ride. That's why EcoFun has a large selection of Yamaha ATVs and side-by-sides. As always, EcoFun is your choice for e-bikes, having the largest selection of Bintelli e-bikes in the state. EcoFunMotorsports.com, downtown Forest Lake, right now with the largest back-to-school sale ever. Full, full line of Yamaha motorcycles, too. I've just had a brilliant business idea for you. Get an enclosed trailer, repair on the spot. Well, he's got a system down where you need him. He'll come and pick up your ride. I'm trying to get myself a job here. Shut up. Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be back with John Heights Newscast. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Let me read another email, uh, Johnny, before we switch okay, to the news true. department. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. Joe, emailer Jay and Kenny are correct when they discuss the inability of gun owners to properly defend themselves in their homes with a handgun. A shotgun is need is indeed the better choice. However, that discussion misses the point almost entirely. Just owning the gun or even the possibility that they might own a gun is deterrence. The rate of violent crime is 
uh, been reduced by over 50% over the last 30 years, not because every gun owner is an expert marksman and self-defense wizard, but instead because there is a very real threat that everyday people might own or carry a gun. Would-be criminals don't know who owns a gun or their proficiency in using it. They just know that more and more people own guns and that it's more and more likely they might run into someone who is carrying a firearm and just might know how to use it. They are increasingly forced to choose victims they know who can't fight back. This is why mass shooters choose places that are posted with we ban guns on these premises. It is the mere threat of opposing force, not the actual use of force, that deters criminals. That ever-increasing threat of lethal defense over the past 30 years is exactly why the rate of violent crime has go down. If you, however, force us to own nothing more than black powder guns, you take away the threat of having the ability to fight back. Instead of not knowing if a potential victim is carrying, would-be criminals would eventually know for certain that their victim doesn't have a gun that can be operated quickly and would therefore be more likely to attack. Violent crime would almost certainly go up rapidly, as been the case in every country that has taken the path of banning guns. Emailer J had good points concerning the possibility of licensing firearms and mandating continuing education. Given the number of regular firearms available in America, however, allowing the ownership of only black powder guns will do nothing more than take away the threat of lethal defense to say nothing of the thousands of deer that will be missing limbs and standing at off-ramps while shaking the nickels in their tin cups because Kenny couldn't reload fast enough. <laughs> Forever GL or Craig Johnson. Thank you. That's a great email. Yeah. Well, we, we've learned. Kenny's a lousy marksman. Here's John Height. Thankfully, you know, I've been black powder hunting. Hunting, uh, deer hunting, and thankfully I haven't seen any, so I've never had to fire that thing in anger. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of fun to target shoot with. I, I just love my black powder mm-hmm. rifle. As local leaders in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio prepared to talk gun reform with the president, similar discussions will continue here in Minnesota. Groups against gun violence have planned a rally a Wednesday night at the Capitol. Democratic leaders and gun safety advocates in Minnesota have pursued universal background checks and red flag laws, which let police take guns from people thought to be a threat to themselves and others, but those have failed at the legislature. Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka said Monday that universal background checks have not been proven to stop mass shootings. He instead advocated focusing on mental health and tougher sentencing for felons who use guns. However, Governor Tim Walz is expected to call for faster change, which would include talking about the two laws that failed this past legislative session. Wednesday night's Honor Them with Action rally is hosted by Protect Minnesota and Minnesota Moms Demand Actions. Members of groups like the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus say they are against rallies like the one scheduled for Wednesday night. In a statement on their Facebook page, the group said, To be clear, as this fight shapes up in the coming days, there are no circumstances under which our organization will support any form of gun control in Minnesota or federally. So can we back up to Jay's email? Because one thing he brings up that I really agree with is uh, the the education, the continuing education. Uh, and, and I love that idea, and I'd be down with it. But... What would it do to stop this domestic terrorism that we're seeing? It wouldn't do anything. It, I, I, it would make the world a lot safer place uh, for the people that do carry and own firearms. But I don't see it helping. I don't see it helping our current situation. You know, I can email Jim and ask him if he, if he'd like to join us. Jay. For, I'm sorry, Jay. Uh, join us for a discussion. That'd be fun. His 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 uh, writings are here. well thought out. And I won't be here for the rest of the week. 
Okay. Uh, good. Uh, uh, yeah, me neither. Thanks for bringing it up, Kenny. <laughs> I would say this, though. I would say this about the conversion to black powder only. It would take almost a generation, wouldn't it? it, would, uh, it, oh, it yeah. It's not going to work. It would, uh, it would it, take a generation. It would take a whole cultural mind sh- uh, shift. It's fun to talk about, but I, I don't yeah. believe it'll work. By the way, in the last 35 minutes, we've received two more emails to the garagelogic.com website about Jay's email. Really? Just in the last 35 you minutes. Know, well, I hope people are being civil about it, because no, Jay certainly is being both. civil. One was from Dale, one was from yeah, Jack. They yeah. were both very civil. There's a way to do this. There's a way to take calls on a podcast. Oh, I know. We all have Twitter oh, accounts. Right. All we have to do is all of us tweet at the same time. Phone lines are open. Topic is this. Call no, now. No, no, no. We're not doing that. John. <laughs> John. No. Follow up to a story. I, I have too much in mind here. I can't. Follow up to a story we had yesterday. Those two girls, ages six and nine, continue to fight for their lives at a metro area hospital oh, Wednesday. This story is so heartbreaking. It is. They were transported Tuesday morning after flames spread from a van in the friendly Walmart parking lot to nearby vehicles. Because the van that started on fire was not the van that no, they right, were right. in. Correct. A, right, right. The two girls were in one of the nearby vehicles while their mother was shopping in the Walmart. Authorities said the girls suffered burns all over their bodies as well as smoke inhalation. Ridley police say 70-year-old Roberto Lino Hippolito, who drove the van that caught fire, was arrested and booked into the Anoka County Jail on probable cause negligent fires. Hippolito's spouse was in the van when it caught fire. She was able to exit the vehicle before the van was fully engulfed. Now, the van the girls were in was part of a fleet used by Universal Transit Services Incorporated. That company's owner said the girl's mom worked as a driver for him until about a week ago and was not supposed to be driving the van. Whether she'll face any charges for leaving the girls alone is up to prosecutors to decide. Well, that's not illegal. Just leaving in the vehicle. No, it's not. Five vehicles. But she was using a vehicle she didn't own. Correct. She could be charged with that. Five vehicles were affected by the spreading flames. The state fire marshal says they're still investigating the cause of the fire. You don't leave your kids in the car in August. Don't be stupid. The home that belonged to the Kloss family in Barron, Wisconsin, has been torn down, according to Barron County Sheriff Chris Fitzgerald. Jamie Kloss abducted from the home in October of last year after her parents, Denise and James Kloss, were murdered. It took 88 days before Jamie was able to escape from her kidnapper, Jake Patterson. He was sentenced to life in prison in May. According to the sheriff, the bank that owned the house decided to tear it down. I realized I've driven by this house a couple of times in the last year and not even known it. It's right on 8 in Barron. Well, then we all have. You probably have, too, because you've been over there a couple of times. I'm glad it's torn down. Yeah, 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 as it should be. FedEx is... I just had a terrible thought. Yeah. Oh, good. What if 96-year-old Victor Coelho was going about 82 miles an hour and thought, (laughs) I'm really screwed here. I'm going to make up a story about a 63-year-old kid. No! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's doing a buck ten in his Cadillac (laughs) through a school zone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Double guns out the window. I couldn't help. (laughs) You know what I learned, though, from our talk with David Caprio? Remember he shared the other, was it an Army veteran, the 90-year-old mm-hmm. Army? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know the place to live a long, healthy life is Providence. Yeah, apparently. You're going to live until you're in your mid-90s there. Love their accent, too. <laughs> FedEx is severing all its ties with Amazon as the online retailer builds out its own delivery fleet and becomes more of a threat. The decision by FedEx also illustrates how e-commerce has become universal as major retailers ramp up their online presence. An announcement Wednesday morning that FedEx would no longer make ground deliveries for Amazon comes two months after Amazon said it was, uh, ter- uh, excuse me, after FedEx said it was terminating its air delivery contract with Amazon. 
Amazon.com is building up its own fleet of air and ground transportation to cut its reliance on FedEx, UPS, and the U.S. Postal Service. At the same time, e-commerce has become a priority for other retailers like Walmart and Target, meaning FedEx can distance itself from Amazon.com without suffering the same competitive damage it might once have. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un inspected the launch of a new type of tactical guided missile on Tuesday, state media KCNA reporting. Kim said the military action was, quote, an occasion to send an adequate warning to the joint military drill now underway by the U.S. and South Korean authorities, according to KCNA. How lucky is this fella, a spear fisherman who was attacked by a shark over the weekend in Florida, mm-hmm. was saved by a group of nurses who just happened to be at a boat nearby. This tells me, no, not the hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's no predicting anything. A boat full of nurses. boat full of nurses. I wonder how that was. I think I've seen that movie. No, <laughs> <laughs> I bet Annette Funicello wasn't in it. She, was, was, she was not. No. No. Just my luck. <laughs> well, it's a great story. They saved his life. Yeah, the 40-year-old diver was bitten by a shark while diving near Key Biscayne on Saturday morning, and his companions flagged down a passing charter fishing boat to help him. Kyle Evans. All right, wait a minute. Now, I just had a bad thought. Well, you take think, it easy now. You think he got the shark attack, thought he was done for, and this was heaven? Maybe. A boat full of nurses? <laughs> Put away the beads, Frank. Our prayers have been answered. <laughs> Little did the injured man know that the boat he was climbing into was full of nurses ready to assist him during his emergency, including Christine Haynes and Gliza Martin, a pediatric nurse and an operating nurse at San Antonio's Stone Oak Methodist Hospital. Cell phone video taken by an employee. <laughs> Cell phone Can video. I change your bandage, honey? <laughs> Taken by an employee of Hotshot Charters shows a man in a wetsuit being helped onto the boat by two fishermen from another boat. The bite was severe enough that the man's arm was mangled and he had blood from arm to foot. The nurses immediately applied a tourniquet to the man's arm. Uh, he was rinsed off with a hose in the boat. Airborne, my lady. <laughs> he was wearing a wetsuit, but you he girls had a... here often. <laughs> He was wearing a wetsuit, but he had bite marks in about three different places. Well, the picture of him, he looks ravaged. Yeah, nothing but blood. Uh, There was quite a lot of blood. That was was before the nurses got Right. (laughs) (laughs) The man's still recovering at uh, Jackson Memorial Hospital in Miami as of Tuesday morning. So he's, what is he, he's got a spear? He's spear fishing, yes. Okay. I I don't know what, what would you spear fish for in that area? Anything? I, uh, Suit you? Uh, no, I don't know. What, grouper? Uh, when uh, we kill the grouper? Something. Uh, uh, bonefish? Uh, I don't know. When you spearfish, do you have... I, okay, I'm going to ask a dumb question, but do you have to be close to shore? I mean, how far out in the water was he? He was underwater. Yeah. Oh, he was? Yeah. Sorry if you mentioned that, John. I, I didn't did. hear that part. Okay. Yeah. There, all I could think of there in that story is, and you guys, maybe you guys have never seen this. You ever seen Animaniacs? Sure. The yeah. cartoon show, yeah. remember? Yeah. No. It was Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. And Wacko, whenever he met a girl he liked, it would always be, Hello, nurse! Yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you have me at a loss here. Oh, it was wonderful stuff. It was Spielberg's cartoon in the 90s, oh, I yeah, guess. Mid-90s, yeah, mid-90s. Mid-90s. Yeah. We're Animaniacs. Yaks, 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 All right. More, Joe? You want more? No. No, I meant the Animaniacs. Oh. No. Four people. I do. Yes. Uh, four people in Texas allegedly committed possibly one of the strangest crimes Sunday, holding a man at gunpoint. Then when they let him go, offered him a grilled cheese sandwich. Huh? 33-year-old Jeremy Redford, 24-year-old Thomas Thomasine Radford, 26-year-old Jameson Dejeschleb, 
and 31-year-old uh, William Swan were arrested on charges of aggravated kidnapping. The victim and three of the suspects worked together, according to the Arkansas Pass Police Department. While holding the man at gunpoint, the suspects allegedly searched through his phone while, quote, demanding answers to a work-related issue, according to the police report. What? The hostage incident stemmed over alleged comments made by the victim about one of his co-workers. When the victim was finally released, he was reportedly offered, and this is a quote again from the bad guys, a grilled cheese sandwich for all of his troubles. That's right out of an Elmore Leonard novel. Yeah. Yes, it El- is. Elmore got to the point in his novel writing career where the, where the hero in the book was the best bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There was no good guys. The good guy was the best of the bad guys. Yeah. These were good bad guys. Good bad guys. Yeah. yeah, it's thoughtful because you know making a grilled cheese is time consuming. Another uh, another uh, quick author's note. Of, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, <laughs> well, I haven't gotten the book yet. I'm, I'm just saying we're, oh. we've been talking about all these rifles and gun use, and uh, no novelist uh, has written more good novels uh, about guns and the knowledge of guns than Stephen Hunter. Stephen yeah. is with a PH, and he's got a brand new one out. I ordered it today on Amazon. I'm a blasphemer. I should have ordered it. I should have gone to the bookstore, but I ordered it on Amazon. Uh, what the hell's the name of it? Guns, guns, guns. No, it's about, That's every book mostly is about the, the adventures of a guy named Bob Lee Swagger, Bob Lee, who yep. was uh, the, lead, how I know the leading sniper in Vietnam, and right. they're extraordinary books. They're 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 about more than guns, except if you want to know about guns, Bob Lee Swagger's your guy. I'm uh, looking. I'm looking. I got it. it just, you got it? just was Hunter. released, I think. Uh, or maybe it's not going to be out till August 19th. Vince used to throw in some firearms every oh, now yeah. and then, and I'd always, I'd always have to highlight Game that. of Snipers? Game of Snipers. Game of Snipers. Does it say a release date? Release date? Uh, it does not. It says 2019. Let me see if I can find one. Game of Snipers. Bob Lee Swiger. Well, it was able to be ordered today, so I'll be reading it. What I end up doing is setting the book down, going to the Google, and finding out just what the hell he's talking about it's uh, out. in the case of Vince's books. Oh, it's out July 30th. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure our friends at Once Upon a Crime are glad to hear you ordered it on Amazon. Uh, Stephen yeah. Hunter was the film critic for the Baltimore Sun. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, his, his, great knowledge of guns. Got it. Yeah, he, I've read, uh, boy, I don't know, maybe a half dozen of those. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very good. Oh, all, they're, all of them are quite interesting. They're fantastic. Bring he some wrote, in. What was the other one he Bring wrote? Bring some in so I don't have to go to a bookstore. Right. What was the other one he wrote that was really a good book with a guy in prison? Do you remember that one? Staggerly. Well, well, if you gave me the, do you have the site up and you give me the titles, I can tell uh, you. Well, I, if I had the title, I'd... I, you look for that while I, I tell know. you that I'm okay. thinking of resurrecting my boating career. Okay. I really am pining for a Glastron from Rapid Marine. I've always loved the architecture, the marine architecture of a Glastron. I love their lines. Rapid Marine, three locations, uh, Shakopee, Rogers, uh, what else? Which one am I going to Lake? Which one am I going to go Cloud. to? I need some accessories. You go right by the one in St. Cloud when you're going up north. That's the one I'll go you to. You also go yeah. go right by the one in Rogers. Oh, what to do? Because, you can get a uh, new Lund 1775 Impact Sport with a Mercury 115 four-stroke and a trailer for under $270 a month. This is one hell of a fishing boat. You mentioned Garage Logic. You'll get an additional $250 off this great deal. Get a new Crestliner. It's a Minnesota boat. We've all been in Crestliners. A 1650 Fishhawk with a Mercury 64 stroke and a trailer for under 
$225 a month. You can also ask about military rebates for active and retired service members. And don't forget to mention Garage Logic and again, get that $250 off the price. There's a great sale going on at all the Rapid Marine locations because they're bringing in the 2020s. And uh, I'm talking the best brands in the world like Glastron, largest Glastron boat dealer in the, in uh, in Minnesota. Crestliner and Lund, Mercury Outboards, uh, Rapid Marine is a one-stop place, man, and they've got the great service department. Ranger, Lund, I've covered it all, I think. Yep. I'm, I'm thinking of resurrecting my boating career, and if I do, it'll be with a uh, probably a Glastron from Rapid Marine. What'd you find? Dirty White Boys. Yep, naming uh, all the titles, though. Jeez, well, didn't Come you bring on, the site up? I'm, I'm glad Rookie isn't here because he'd sing, be singing right now. The Foreigner song? Yes. Dirty White Boys. Uh, no, Joe, I didn't, but I can. No, don't forget it. Forget okay. it. It's off the pack. We'll be back in a minute. Okay. Oh, okay. How about I hit that thing? <laughs> Here he is, Mr. Pedestrian, Joe Souchere. <laughs> this guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Couple of name change issues as we strive mightily to rewrite American history. The public can weigh in tonight. This is a podcast, but it gets posted so promptly that many people will hear this in time to weigh in publicly. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Joe. This is Wednesday, Aug. 7. Yep. The public can weigh in tonight on the proposal to rename roads around Minnesota's Oh, I'm sorry, around Minneapolis's largest lake. I thought it said Minnesota's, and I was going to say... Wait a minute. That's more than a typo. Uh, in May, the city's park board approved the first steps towards renaming four streets around Bidet Makaska. Uh, the proposal would change the name from Lake Calhoun to Bidet Makaska. This comes after the controversial renaming of the lake. Last year, Wednesday's hearing, I mean tonight's hearing, begins at 6.30 p.m. at the park board's headquarters. I wonder if anyone will go and push back. Why would they? It's too late. Wow. What kind of attitude is that? Well, we you know what? the mayor has already said he doesn't care what a Supreme Court ruling is going to be. That's what he's going to refer to it anyway. So Kenny's right. It's too late. Why bother? That's your attitude, huh? <laughs> well, I'm talking about this case in particular. You know what? I can make it worse. I like the name. No, you came up with the good name. What was the guy? Sunny Thunder? or what? Cloud. Cloud Man Lake. Cloud Man. Cloud Man, yeah. I'd, I never would have bitch if they wanted to go Cloud Man Lake. No. Uh, Google, uh, y'all should Google that, Cloud Man Lake or Cloud Man. There was a really interesting editorial in the Star Tribune maybe two months ago about it. I learned a lot. Who here is uh, was enamored and read Stephen Ambrose and followed uh, the Lewis and Clark expedition? I read that one three times. I'm working through uh, Undaunted, or not Undaunted Courage, the uh, railroad book right now. It'll probably shock us all that the only one that hasn't read it is Chris. I'm a big fan. It's good. Well, Kenny, a statue of George Rogers Clark of Lewis and Clark Expedition fame uh, is being demanded to be removed from the University of Virginia in Charlottesville uh, because it uh, it uh, it doesn't speak well of the past. I think the George Rogers Clark statue is the worst statue of the many offensive statues in Charlottesville. David Swanson, who created the petition said as of Tuesday the petition had 451 signatures. Swanson told WVIR that Clark favored Native American extermination and participated. 
A lot of times the wars against Native Americans are not treated as real wars because they aren't considered real people, he added. The statue was erected in 1921 and added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1997. Like the statues of Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson, the statue of George Rogers Clark at UVA depicts a white man on a horse dressed for war. But unlike Lee and Jackson, Clark is not uh, alone. He has other men behind him with a gun and a barrel of gunpowder, and he appears to be reaching back for a gun with his right hand. There are four Native Americans in front of him, including one infant. One of them appears defiant. One appears to be a woman carrying the infant, an article from the 1921 dedication of the statue in the University of Virginia Alumni News, approvingly describes the woman in the memorial as being forced to beg for mercy for her baby. A successful 1997 application to add the statue to the National Register of Historic Places reads in part, She kneels in front of Clark holding a covered cradle of uh, board aloft as if to plead for a papoose within. At the dedication, then UVA President Edwin Alderman credited George Rogers Clark with stealing large amounts of territory for an empire, the Empire of Virginia, which the land he claimed had been deemed a part. The Alumni News newspaper celebrated the statue when it was first created as explaining the futility of resistance. Uh, I favor putting these things in a museum and presenting them as part of history, Swanson told WVIR. What I'm against is putting them in our central public space and celebrating them as if they are of our time and place, as if we want them there. I disagree wholeheartedly. Uh, People need to be educated, and the park is the best damn place for it. Put it there and make sure there's an explanation. People don't understand the history of this country. That's what we did. That's why this country is what it is. We stole it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have to come to terms with that, you dum-dums. Well, plus your work is never going to end. No. Your no. work is never going to end. As a matter of fact, everybody thinks uh, Lewis and Clark are such heroes. Guess what? William Clark, the Clark version of Lewis and Clark, took his slave with him. His name was York. Yeah, but they also were aided and abetted mightily by a Native American female. By, uh, yeah, but not not by just one, by yeah. many. Yeah. And didn't, they, right, they, didn't they, they stay with the Indians, too, on the trip? They oh, lived all the way. Where, all the they way, lived absolutely. Where, and they lived where I grew up with the Mandan Indians. That's right. Right Mandan on the Missouri Village. River. That's right. And oh. that's where they hooked up with Sacagawea. She was yeah. married to a uh, French D-bag, <laughs> and it was uh, Sacagawea that saved their ass when they got over to what is now Idaho. You Camp got the names For- wrong. Camp it, Fortunate. Clark is George Rogers Clark. No, no William it's, was the, it's William Lewis Clark. And Clark. Well, why jo- does this jo- say the George jo- Rogers George Clark Rogers, statue? Uh, George <laughs> Rogers. Brother. Yeah, he, and he was a uh, oh. surveyor. Oh, okay. All right. Right. Well, that statue's coming down in Charlottesville. Uh, but, I mean, there's instances of this all through our history. Uh, George Custer, my God, all he did was kill Native Americans. That's right. He was no hero. He was a slime ball of the highest order. But we can't erase that. Let's talk about it. I mean, good God, learn something about this country. Oh, you lit me up, Suchere. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the hook now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's a history of history professor and assistant dean there, Kurt Von Dockey, who said, we're, we're only about a year into our work. We're not yet at the point of making recommendations for the university, by which I take it to mean they are... Uh, they've only begun their work in determining what statue should be sanitized. No, should no, stay no. And what part of history should be sanitized. Thank you. Exactly. What history should be erased. Mm-hmm. Put it out in public, in the park, put an exclamation, a, a plaque... Educate people. My God. That's not what that's not what this is about. 
Oh, it's not what this unbelievable. is about. It's not what this is about. It ain't about swimming either, but <laughs> you're going to hear about Aquaset anyway. <laughs> I've got a buddy that's got a wonderful lake house, and he knows all about Aquaside. And once a week, I do a live Aquaside commercial to his face for him because he likes going out there and pulling these things out. You don't need to. Yeah, he's, you, he's you out fan for, out the Aquaside pellets and he gets the weeds. Six hours. It's like, come on, man. Aquaside has been in this business for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of everything from weeds to algae. The products are easy to use. You don't need to go out there like some hick and pull the weeds. <laughs> Aquaset is registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are safe for your family, the fish, the water. Don't he's, let weeds overtake your lake or swimming hole. He's not a hick. Yeah, he might be a hick. <laughs> he's not a hick. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem, unlike this rube that Kenny knows is out there standing there in his Bermuda shorts and dark socks pulling weeds rube. out of the lake. He's a highly successful yeah. I don't believe you. I don't, he probably has those weird sandals he wears in the lake. He's got the black socks pulled up to his knees, and he's out there going, Come on, Mom, help me pull the weeds out. Well, his mom is helping, but he's a solid American. Looks like Randy Quaid in the vacation yeah. movies. God, you guys. You can call Aquaside. Well, as opposed to your dumb friend, I'm calling Aquaside. You can call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. The products ship free and are usually shipped the same day that you order whatever Aquaside tells you you need for your lake you can actually go on. I've, I've been on the website, and you find the weed the weed problem you have if you can identify it, and they'll tell you which one to, to damn, uh, damn right to use. It, it's a very <laughs> interesting and, and informative website. Yeah, we're gonna come back. He's, he's not a hick. Justice and the Souteray. John Height. Yes. Do you know what the latest trend is in uh, landscaping? I do not. Ungardening. 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 Just letting her go? Just let her go. (laughs) When I'm on my walks, I always love to go by those properties where they think they're returning to nature or some south of the western prairie. I want to... I just wish the owner would be in the front yard so I could say, nice weeds. Right. <laughs> That's just called laziness. No, but if they attract bees, I'm all for it. But just random weeds doesn't do that. No. you got to have the right stuff. Weren't we advised to do that recently? Yeah. we got to say, hey, bee, just uh, let your yard go. I had a huge rant about this with my wife this morning. Our block leader doesn't mow his yard, doesn't mm-hmm. shovel his snow. It's we had just, an ice cream social on our block last night. Wow. National night out. Oh, yeah. We yeah. had the, the deal with all the kids in the jumpy house and whatnot. I don't, uh, I don't like the jumpy house. Uh, don't let a kid in a jumpy house. One, one wind gust and they're in Eau Claire. I, it's just, <laughs> I don't like those, those things. They terrify me. Any creepers get in the jumpy house with them? Oh, no. I got my eyes on it the whole time. <laughs> Well-manicured grass lawns have long been associated with the American dream, but a growing rewilding movement now seeks to reclaim yard space for nature. Rewilding. I guess I don't have a big, terrible, big complaint about that. Uh, I see it all the time. I don't think it's a new story. I think people are uh, uh, trying to think they're certified wildlife habitat 
agency. All right, exactly. question then. Yeah, for their for their twenty by fifty lot. Give me a break. Right. Mow your lawn, you idiot. You're bringing down the values of all of our homes. So yeah. when I go to Frat, because my store is out in Eden Prairie, yeah, do I got to put stuff down this time of the year with the excessive heat? Well, or who, do I wait till fall? The people at Frat will tell you that. Oh, they know their, you know. They professionalturf.com. Professional gotcha. I am impressed <laughs> with the people I deal with at my Fratalonies on Grandendale. I'm serious. They're they not they know what they're talking about. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, is that where mm-hmm. the hobo queen comes from? Yeah. I was wondering about that myself. She works for an huh? ace. Yeah. She does? It's in today's uh, variety Starts section. Abuse, yeah. Hobo Queen. It's queen of the hobos. Works for a St. Paul uh, Ace Hardware, and I'm wondering if it's one of Frat's joints. Hold on. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll ask him right now. <laughs> Should we call him? Uh, All right. Maybe I'll text him yeah. first. All right. Let's do that. It'll be a short conversation if, he, if yes. she doesn't work there. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, before I read any news, I, I, as we are recording this, the Twins are playing and they're, they're getting their butts uh, kicked again. Six to nothing early in the game. That's the bad news. The good news, they've turned another triple play. I saw really? That. Yeah, that's two in less than a month. Sometimes you can go a season without one. Yeah, and they've done it uh, twice. Same way, uh, round the horn, ground ball to third, stepped on the bag, through to second, through to first, three outs. So there you go. Uh, in uh, news, Star Tribune reporting two Minneapolis police officers who were suspended last winter after decorating a police station's Christmas tree with racist ornaments were fired from the department last week. The officers, Mark Bonsack and Brandy Steberg, were put on administrative leave shortly after the picture of the tree surfaced on social media where it went viral. The incident provoked outcries of racial discrimination with many, including Mayor Jacob Fry, calling for the officers' termination. Bonsack and Steberg decorated the tree with a pack of menthol cigarettes, a can of Steel Reserve malt liquor, police tape, a bag of Takis, and a cup from Popeye's Louisiana Chicken. Then 4th Precinct Inspector Aaron uh, Biard was demoted in the wake of the episode. Police union said Wednesday that it has already filed appeals on behalf of both of the fired officers. I think it's kind of hard to defend that. I don't remember what their excuse was. It was an inside joke, obviously. Yeah, it was just meant to be uh, whatever. But how <laughs> unaware of you that that wouldn't become public. Mm-hmm. The Pierce School Superintendent has been charged with driving while intoxicated in connection with an incident that occurred Monday in Morrison County. According to a criminal complaint, 56-year-old George Stephen Weber has been charged with two counts of third-degree DWI. Here's what the complaint says. Morrison County Sheriff's Office received several 911 calls at about 12.15 a.m. Monday reported a driver traveling southbound in the northbound lane of Highway 371 in Fort Ripley Township. Deputy was able to find the driver, stop the vehicle. The driver later identified as Weber was reportedly confused and showing signs of impairment. He admitted he'd been drinking beer. He submitted to a breathalyzer uh, test, which revealed a blood alcohol level of uh, 0.20. Deputy arrested Weber for driving while impaired, transported him to Morrison County Jail. Alex Lackman, uh, he doesn't have his Ph.D. yet, uh, but he's making a mark on science. He's a graduate student at NDSU, and he wanted to find old fish. Well, he caught five big-mouth buffalo fish more than 100 years old in west-central Minnesota, including a 112-year-old female taken from Crystal Lake near Pelican Rapids. How, how is it determined? Radiocarbon dating huh. verifies the fish's age. Uh, the 112-year-old is the oldest age-validated freshwater fish ever taken. Lackman and his research team recently published their findings in the scientific journal Nature. Lackman said it was quite stunning and shocking to comprehend there was a fish that old. He said, initially, I was very skeptical at what I was looking at. I thought there was no way these fish could be that old. The but fish as has the, been two, through two world wars. Yes, wow. he has. 
As the evidence continued to build, you slowly convince yourself. You think the old man was like, finally, she's out of here. (laughs) I'd tell him I'd move, but I miss seeing that smile on his face. (laughs) Who was that comedian? Do you remember? I don't remember his name. The big mouth buffalo. I that. That was great. Big mouth buffalo fish is common in Minnesota waters. The city of uh, Buffalo, Minnesota, is named after a nearby lake where the fish were plentiful. And Kandiyohi County gets its name from the Dakota word meaning where the buffalo fish come. Resembling a carp, a big mouth buffalo fish is often dismissed as a trash fish. It is oh, for good reason. It's gross. Lackman thinks they deserve more respect, though. He said. Uh, they aren't carp. Calling a big mouth buffalo fish a carp is like calling a human a lemur. Huh? I wonder whatever happened to the Minnehaha Creek sturgeon. It's dropped out of the news. Yeah. wonder if the DNR ever captured it. Why am I associating the new Mustang with Grunhoffers? It occurs to me it's the perfect vehicle. The Ford Mustang? To make the emergency oh. Grunhoffers run. Do you know that Mustang's coming out this fall with a GT500, 760 horsepower? Whew. Zero to 60 and 3.5. That's the most powerful street-legal Ford Mustang ever built. It will go on sale this fall. I just see it roaring up uh, Highway 61, right to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market on the north end of Hugo. And I see a guy in a Corvette going by with one arm on the wheel, kind of looking at him and smiling, saying, hey, I'll I'll see you when you get there. Yeah, I'll meet you there. (laughs) This thing probably has a trunk that would be just big enough to hold, uh, you know, five brats. I I can't imagine it's got a lot of trunk space. Uh, But uh, I I just see it in the parking lot there at Spencer's place. Brand new GT500. Uh, I'm talking about Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. You know the place. It's become a GL clubhouse. It's the meat bazaar capital of the world, most principally for those pork brats, 130 flavors. You've all got your bracket grilling going on, but uh, uh, far more than brats. Uh, uh, bacon, ham, steaks, chicken brats, uh, jerky. jerky. Uh, you guys love the jerky. Yeah. And uh, just fantastic stuff. And they're all professional meat cutters. They'll give you cooking tips and grilling tips, whatever you need to know. Beef briskets and beef tri-tip roast, hickory smoked salmon, pastrami made in-house, cheeses, not cheeses, not cheeses, cheeses, (laughs) you know, cheese. You slice with a knife and you put it on a trisket, cheese. Spencer is doing slider patties now, too, including bacon cheddar. very good. Cheese curd, regular, and a brat patty, the rookie burger, ribeye burger combo pack now available. Incredible chicken brats. Uh, it's it's the stop, place. Stop. It's the place. You're not giving enough respect to the brat patty. Think about that. A brat, brat patty. patty. Is that the best good. of two worlds? Oh my goodness! Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, cheese and pickles. Oh. Mm. oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, you may continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty much wrapped it up. I'm just saying, you know, if you're in a hurry, this this Mustang will get you there uh, and go zero to 110 seconds. Sure. Yeah. And then pop that trunk when you get yeah. to Spencer's parking lot. Fill it up with meat, because you're at the meat capital of the world. I, uh, last night had a chicken brat from Grundhofer's. How was it? It had jalapenos oh. and pepper cheese. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, phenomenal. Tasty. I bet it was good. One of my next-door neighbors is a 90-year-old man suffering from <laughs> Alzheimer's. And every single morning at 9 a.m., he knocks on my door and he asks me if I have seen his wife. Which means that every single morning at 9 a.m., I have to explain to a 90-year-old man suffering from Alzheimer's that his wife has been dead for quite some time. 
Now, I have thought about moving. <laughs> I have thought about just not answering my door in the morning. But to be honest, it's worth it just to see the smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony oh, Jeselnik. Anthony Jeselnik. Kenny, have you gotten to Moeller's yet? I am 10 minutes late, Joe. 10 minutes every day. <laughs> the That's... only reason I keep asking, uh, you need a new watch battery. I just want to know if they'll let you in. That's all I want to know. <laughs> Three locations for RF Moeller dealer. I'd be over, I'd go over to the one in Highland. That's, that's the flagship Parkway, yeah. right there. Yeah, Ford and Cleveland, uh, 50th and France in Edina, and uh, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. They're, they're the best, as are all our clients here in the world's fastest growing podcast, Garage Logic. I find it at garagelogic.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also download us on Apple iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. We'd love to hear from you. Kenny, you want to wrap it up in place of the rook? Uh, no, I have to go to the bathroom, so uh, <laughs> you take care of it. There he goes. Garagelogic.com. We'll see you tomorrow.